auto dealers. Are you missing the most engaged buyers because you don't know where to find them? At eBay Motors, you'll find buyers so motivated, they purchase a car or truck once every three minutes. Just call 866-210-5362 and mention the code AUTONEWS to get 50% off your first two months. Welcome to Daily Drive for Tuesday, July 26, 2022. I'm your host, Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News. And I'm Kellen Walker. Today on the show, GM's earnings news isn't great, but it gets good news about a federal battery loan. Redwood Materials will spend big on its EV battery plant in Nevada, and VW launches ID4 production in the U.S. Plus, a look at the struggle to find workers for small-town auto plants. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. General Motors is reporting a 40% year-over-year decline in net income for the second quarter. Net income fell to $1.7 billion as the automaker continued to work through the global microchip shortage. Adjusted earnings before interest and taxes dropped 43% to $2.3 billion, while revenue rose to almost $36 billion. The automaker said it expects stronger results in the second half of the year. CEO Mary Barra says, with concerns of a looming recession, GM is reducing discretionary spending and limiting hiring to critical needs and positions that support the company's growth. CFO Paul Jacobson told reporters that the automaker is not contemplating layoffs. In better news for GM... The automaker's joint venture with LG Energy Solution expects to win a $2.5 billion loan from the U.S. Energy Department. Officials told Reuters that the loan would help finance the construction of new lithium-ion battery cell manufacturing plants. The venture plans to build facilities in Ohio, Tennessee, and Michigan. The conditional commitment for the loan to Ultium Cells LLC is expected to close in the coming months. It comes from the government's Advanced Technology Vehicles Manufacturing Program, which hasn't funded a new loan since 2010. GM also announced today that it has signed a multi-year agreement with LG Chem and Livent Corporation to secure key raw materials used in its EV battery manufacturing process. The Detroit automaker says it has now lined up supplies for all battery raw materials and is on course to reach its goal of producing a million EVs every year in North America by the end of 2025. Redwood Materials is also making big moves on EV battery materials today. The company, founded by former Tesla executive J.B. Straubel, says it plans to spend $3.5 billion on a battery materials factory in Northwest Nevada. Redwood is ramping up production of anode and cathode components to 100 gigawatt hours by 2025. That's enough to supply batteries for a million EVs a year. Then it plans to ramp up even more by 2030 with enough to supply 5 million EVs a year or more. The company's partners include Ford and Panasonic Holdings Corporation, it says it's building a closed-loop battery ecosystem to lower EV costs while reducing environmental impact. And Volkswagen of America says it has started saleable production of its ID4 compact crossover EV at its assembly plant in Chattanooga, Tennessee. VW says it expects to produce up to 7,000 vehicles a month there by the fourth quarter. 
The German automaker has been doing pilot builds of the ID4 at the plant for much of this year. Now it says it will start making customer deliveries as early as October. The new production represents a threefold or fourfold increase in ID4 availability for VW dealers in the U.S. compared with current versions, which are imported from Germany. And those are today's headlines. Jamie, a 40% drop in net income for GM sounds bad. Give us a little perspective on that. Yeah, you know, it's uh, about a billion dollars, and uh, I'd rather make that extra billion, but Look, I've covered GM enough years. I've been around a lot of quarters where they had negative results, where they lost money, sometimes by the billions. So quarter, a little bit of a setback where uh, they're still making more than half a billion dollars a month. That's still something they can build on. And we'll have plenty more earnings numbers in the next week or so. Stay tuned for results from Toyota, Honda, and others. Coming up, small town auto plants are having a problem they've never really had before finding enough workers. We'll hear more about it next on Daily Drive. The most motivated car buyers aren't knocking on your door anymore. They're online, but you don't have to look far. You can find them at eBay Motors. Our platform features over 7 million engaged users. Our buyers are so engaged, they enter over 3 billion search impressions per month and buy a car or truck every three minutes. Today's car buyer has high expectations when they browse online eBay Motors helps you meet those expectations. Use machine learning with our AI-driven vehicle pages, and you'll automatically optimize your buyer's experience. It's as easy as listing your inventory and watching as the most engaged buyers find you. If you've ever uploaded your automotive inventory to a website, you have more than enough skills to get your cars listed on eBay Motors. It will feel like you're setting up an entirely new car dealership within minutes. Once you list your available inventory, you'll have additional support from the platform, including a single destination page for your entire brand. Want to generate more sales automatically? eBay Motors lets you choose between auction, classified, and fixed price listing options so the site does the heavy lifting. It even integrates with your existing dealer or vehicle management system. All you have to do is list your inventory, sit back, relax, watch a movie, and then check back in to see the sales you've made. How do you start? It's as simple as creating an account. Call 866-210-5362 and mention the code AUTONEWS to get 50% off your first two months. Find out why selling cars has never been this easy. That number again, 866-210-5362. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Kellen Walker. For decades, automakers have strategically put many of their assembly plants in small-town America. The promise of attractive, well-paying jobs in low-cost areas has been an effective way to make sure they had enough workers to keep those plants humming. But now that once solid formula is starting to show a weakness. That's the subject of our cover story this week in Automotive News by reporter Larry Velquet. I spoke with Larry about his reporting on the subject. Here's our conversation. Larry Velquet, welcome back to Daily Drive. It's good to be back, Jamie. You've been on the road visiting plants that are looking to do some serious hiring, but it's just not as easy as it used to be, is it? No, you know, it's funny. Uh, I, I compare this, what's going on right now, to what happened 10 years ago when I was covering uh, Fiat Chrysler, right? When, when they would hire an extra shift at a plant, Fiat Chrysler would open up that application period for about uh, three hours, you know, and without, mm-hmm. without much of an announcement, just say, hey... Here it is, We're, and uh, they would get 
three, four, five thousand applications for the one thousand jobs that they would get. It was like a it was like a fire hose, mm-hmm. uh, from what I was told. And then they would turn it off, and then they would sort through, and that's where they get they would get that. Now you compare that to today. We went down and we visited uh, Chattanooga with a Volkswagen plant in Chattanooga, and we also visited the Toyota plant in Princeton, Indiana. Both of those are trying to add additional shifts of workers. Uh, usually it's somewhere over uh, around 1,400 each, uh, give or take, because they're also trying to uh, take care of attrition. And they're having just a whale of time to fill those jobs. And it's taking them months and months and months. Well, and, you know, I used to cover Toyota down in uh, K- Kentucky, and I was I covered the opening of that Princeton plant. I think they started with like 2,000 or 2,500 employees and had, I think, easily 20,000 applicants. Uh, they could be so picky <laughs> and choosy, really get the, you know, the best people, the most dexterous or people with a really proven uh, work track record, even if they weren't from the industry, but just had, had shown, you know, the right character or the right skills that would make them a good factory worker. Um, and they're just, like you said, they're just really having a lot more trouble. Of course, was what's the, uh, you know, the unemployment rate in these counties is around, you know, 3%. With unemployment so low, they're competing with all these other employers that used to, would never stand a chance against a global automaker, you know, with the, for the pay and benefits. But Amazon and, I mean, you've got fast food places offering close to $20 an hour or maybe even benefits. And yeah, it's, uh, there's just so much more competition. It really is, and it's it's affected these uh, auto plants in really ways that would have been inconceivably difficult to imagine even just five years ago, right? You look at look mm-hmm. at Volkswagen. The starting wage when they opened that plant in 2011, so just 11 years ago, starting wage was 14.50. Now they are having to offer 21 dollars and 50 cents as a starting wage, uh, mm-hmm. just to try and get people in the door. And the, they're also having to do really creative things to try and get workers. They're, they're trying to focus on workers who just, you know, might might have uh, in the past might have gone for a week and then bailed because they ran out of transportation, right? So now they're running buses out into the region uh, hmm. to, like, fix points in the, in the region to bring people just into the plant to try and give them to overcome that transportation barrier. Like you wrote about, there's this, uh, that traditionally there had been this sort of magic circle, right? Um, if you, if your plant didn't have to be in a big city or even a medium-sized city, but if it was, you know, within an hour's drive of a population base, you could, you could find the staffers and they would spend the time and the money uh, to drive for a good job, a good, you know, auto-making job, whether it was UAW or, or non-union. But now with gas prices higher and, again, more good jobs probably closer to, closer to their homes, it really changes, changes the equation a little. It does. Now, in normal times, I'm one of these folks that has a very long commute, right? I, mine is 58 miles door-to-door when I'm going into the office uh, when I'm not working from home. Uh, so I'm, I'm sympathetic here. And if you look at the economics of commuting today, especially just a, a one, you know, if you're just going by yourself, right? If you're not in a carpool mm-hmm. or if you're going every day, five days a week to a factory job that you have to be there, you don't have this luxury of working from home, it gets very, very expensive. And you feel gas prices, every, you feel every increase in gas prices. 
uh, the longer you go out. So you talk about the magic circle. I think we should probably explain that, right? The, the magic circle is what the site development folks, when, it, when an automaker says, all right, I want to put, I want to build a plant somewhere. Uh, and then every state in America says, hey, we're open for business. Uh, mm -hmm. And we have all these locations. And then uh, the automakers look at the at the best locations and they stick a little pin in that part on the map and pull out a string to 60 miles on that map and draw a big circle. And that's the magic circle, right? And what's in mm -hmm. that magic circle, that's where the workers are going to come from. That was that was always the, the thinking, right? It was about 60 miles. People would drive a, uh, an hour, uh, mm -hmm. you know, 60 miles or an hour in the, in the Midwest, not so much on the East Coast, right? <laughs> but uh, uh, people would drive that 60 miles, and, and if, as long as there were a couple population centers in there, the automaker would say, okay, well, I'll be able to draw out of there because uh, I, I have competitive wages and I have, uh, you know, some job stability and good benefits. And these are, you know, these are generally, they've always been really good jobs. Uh, but now with unemployment low and, and you're getting these wage pressure from below, and from, you know, com big competitors like Amazon, mm -hmm. uh, they're having to really change up their message and having real, real problems filling these jobs. Well, I'm sure these companies are feeling uh, pinched, you know, uh, feeling that competitive pressure from Amazon and Wendy's and whoever else. But at least, you know, compared with the Detroit Three and their four-year UAW contracts, I mean, the, the VWs and the Toyotas, at least they, they have a little more flexibility. Right to uh, respond to the market and uh, and to craft their offers like you, uh, to meet the local community. Like you said, if it's having a, a bus route <laughs> to bring people in uh, economically, maybe you feed them sandwiches on the bus or something that, that might be more complicated when you have a rigid contract. Yeah, if you look right now, and I, I talked about Volkswagen, right, at 2150. If you look at the starting wage right now, uh, it, for the UAW, that at least the contract in 2019, the starting wage was what seventeen dollars. Um, hmm. That's probably gone up a little bit since then, but they can't respond to the market quite as quickly as uh, as these non-union plants. So when they're getting pushed up, um, they're having just a, as difficult a time finding workers uh, as the non-union plants. Well, and now they're. The UAW is having their constitutional convention next year. They'll be negotiating a new contract, and it, it could be a very costly one for the Detroit Three when uh, the UAW demands, hey, we need to get caught up with what Amazon is paying, and uh, we need to get back ahead of them like we should be. And we, our workers have bid their wages, you know, rising only a little, and we're facing, you know, huge inflation factors. Yeah, yeah, it's, I think, any way you look at it, it's going to be a costly contract. Just look at the record profits that the Detroit Three have had recently. They go into that probably knowing that their that their costs are going to go up a little bit in negotiations. But really, everybody's costs are going up. Suppliers' costs are going up. When you think about, we're talking on this in the story, we're talking about uh, automakers, but the supplier plants that are located around those automakers, the tier ones and the tier twos that are close by. They're doing the same thing, and they have uh, much thinner margins than the automakers do. And they're trying out there trying to find these same workers, and it's getting really difficult. We've had uh, Subaru told me about having to lend workers to local suppliers just so it didn't shut the plant down. 
Right. Because, yeah, it's just as necessary for the automakers that their suppliers find workers as that they find them themselves. Because yeah. any part that's missing, your whole plant, your whole process can be uh, can be shut down. Yeah, you know, traditionally we probably think of, about the suppliers, those local suppliers like a farm team, right, in baseball. Mm. You know, you work mm-hmm. in the supplier, then you maybe you go up and you you uh, get called up to the bigs, and you're you're working on the assembly line, you know, on, the, on final assembly or whatever. But uh, the way just in time works, you just can't do that. They can't raid their suppliers uh, mm-hmm. if they can't find workers. They can't raid, you know, them and say, hey, you know, you hundred people, you come over here, uh, because that supplier <laughs> shuts down. They shut down too. Larry Veliquet. Staff writer at Automotive News, thank you so much for joining me today. All right. Thanks, Jamie. It's good to be here again. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Automotive News coordinating producer Jake Neer for his help on today's podcast. You can get the latest news on manufacturing, earnings results, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.